episode of the Filthy Net Deckers podcast. I'm your host, Mythic Nate, and that makes me four for four months mythic so far. I'm well on my way to the goal of the Year of Mythic. If you want to find me and talk to me about whatever you'd like, you can find me at Darth Heretic pretty much anywhere. I'm also joined, as always, by my amazing co-host and self-proclaimed best there is, best there was, and best there ever will be, yeah, very much self-proclaimed, Tony. <laughs> His goal of nothing better than the dregs of platinum this year seems to still be intact. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rooting for you, wow. buddy. Wow. If you'd like to find him on the internet, he goes by the handle of MTG underscore Tony. And if you'd like to find both of us, the best way to do that is our Patreon at patreon.com slash filthynetdeckers or on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I mean, we're like everywhere at this point, except Mastodon. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> uh, you know what's been really bothering me, Nate? We we both know so much about this game, right? We know when to hold them. We know when to fold them. Oh, crap. When you're happy with your hand and you know it, keep your hand. <clears throat> and Yeah, you want to be clapped there and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> when it's the end of the game as we know it, we still feel fine. <sighs> we even know diggity, but no doubt, yeah. But there's one thing we... We... <sighs> we... Ought to know. What the heck is even going on with this story? You know, I used to be able to keep up with everything. The cards would, like, easily tell the story of what was happening. There was only a couple plot points that you really needed to follow. But, like, the story seems to have gotten way too complicated to get, like, everything on the cards nowadays. Like, I thought Karn died last set on the Venzer card. Yep. And then now he's back. He's holding up Elshnorn's head. I don't even yeah, understand. That, that's, a good, that's a good point. Like, I thought the Phyrexians were stuck on Mirrodin, although I guess that's new Phyrexia now. It, did we ever figure out how they were, like, checking out the other planes? Like With their eyes, Tony. Yeah, but With how did they eyes. even get that? I don't even know any of these questions. Like, I, I don't know. So I'm going to need you this week. If you could delve deep into the magic lore for me, like, in the next week, and then come back with some answers, and then we can do, like, a whole podcast on that. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to happen. You, you know, we you both... Yeah, I'm far too lazy to do any of that. But... You know what would be a good? It would be a good thing. What's that? If I knew somebody. <clears throat> no, that would be fantastic. Do you know somebody who could come in? I do know somebody. I know someone who kind of knows a little bit about the lore. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, get him on the show. Uh, when do you think we can get him to come in and like join us? Uh, actually, uh, I'm already here. I've been here the whole time, but your uh, opening script doesn't have me talking until now. Wow, Doug, thank you for showing up so quickly. Do you want to tell Tony and our millions of fans a little bit about yourself? Damn, millions of fans? Yeah, I can tell you guys a little about myself. Uh, I'm Douglas, love magic. Uh, I've been playing for a couple years now. I started uh, all the way back in middle school, dropped off for a little while, but uh, I came back because of Nate, clearly. Yep, Um, yep. Yeah, I'm very, very deep into the lore, actually. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's a good read. It's really nice to know what's going on with Yeah, I mean, for some of us, yeah. I, like I mean, most some of the time it is. Yeah, I, I like to know what's happening with uh with the characters, what's going on. You know, just have fun with it. Yeah, well, it sounds fantastic. It's exactly what we need. So, looks like we don't need to have another casual upgrades this week. So that saves me a little bit of time, as we're gonna have the you know lore deep dive with Doug, the triple D in that spot. But first, we have our fan favorite segment, FND one hundred and one, where we're gonna delve into the personal lives of our hosts. And we'll finally learn all there is to know about what is going on in the magic story in our lore deep dive with Doug or the Triple D. 
we will follow with any magic news of the week that happened. And depending on time constraints, we're going to discuss our decks of the week. F&D 101. So, Nate, what'd you do this week? I went to a pre-release. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, I no. I was there. I, I, you no, did I not go to a pre-release. I told you he was going to be upset. You did tell me about this, actually. I, I waited. I waited till 12.05, and you didn't show. So don't tell me you, you went to a pre-release. I knew I wasn't going to show. I told you I wasn't going to show ahead of time, Anthony. Unbelievable. Anthony. You'd cheat, you'd cheat on the soldier. <laughs> With my local game store, one that's seven minutes away from my house. Unbelievable. So you're supposed to go to the one that's seven hour. minutes from my house, okay? <laughs> that's how this works. Or or maybe an hour to come see me. Huh? I didn't get that? I didn't get the sick invite, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I went and did a pre release. I had fun with it. Um I lost my first round due to just getting absolutely crapped with mana. Just did not get enough mana to play the spells I needed in my hand, which was five. Didn't get five mana. Uh, hmm. In either of my two games, surprisingly. So made some adjustments, went into my second round, and my opponent mentioned that he'd only been playing for a few months. And he clearly had only been playing for a few months. Hmm. Because there was... He was like, alright, I guess you win this game and scooped it up, and I'm like, alright, I win. I'm like, he had... He had a creature that would have allowed him to block and then tap and sack another creature and gain life. Oh, deal yeah. damage and gain <clears throat> life. And I'm like, all right, you, I guess I win this. And then I, we were like, he goes, can we play a third game? I'm like, absolutely. And as we're playing the third game, I went, all right, stop. Do this and this before you do that. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, you mentioned you were new, just going to show you, you know, things that will help you out. So helped him through some of that. He was, he was a great opponent. And then my last round opponent had my deck. It was a mirror match. We were both playing black-blue. We both had... Doug, who's the the Kamigawa black-blue pair? Kaito. The Planeswalker? No, the pair of creatures from oh, the set. Um, great question. The lore guy, does it? No, I, no, I no. no. The lore. <clears throat> it's Satoru and someone Is else. That... Begins with an H. Is it Hidetsugu? Yeah, there we go. He had two of those in his deck. I had one. He had two. Mm. He he managed to put a uh, the sword on it. Oh, wow. Okay. What's the sword give you protection from? Black and blue. The bruise. And that's my deck. Yep. <laughs> he managed to put it on the big black and blue creature that when it attacks does stuff. I'm like, wow, yep, you... You got this one. So I ended up winning only one round, but it was cool. We had, I had fun. Uh, great, great store. I hadn't actually played in this store since they moved. I used to play modern at Double Midnight Comics for, you know, for like a year and a half. I played modern there and hadn't played, never played a pre-release there, Mm -hmm. but they moved, they changed their location. They used to be at one place and now they've just moved like a five minutes around the corner, but it's five minutes closer to my house. So that's it went nice. from a 12 minute drive to a seven minute drive. And yeah, they've got a nice little allocation over there. So check them out. Double midnight, double midnight comics in Manchester. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Doug, did you do anything good this week? God, no, I missed all of the magic this week. 
Outside of magic, what did you do, Douglas? How was your week? Besides work, I know what you did at work. Um, I hung out with my nieces, which is great. Um, one of them got mad at me because I picked her up. Um, she was like, Uncle Douglas, you're not allowed to put me down now. And I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, she made me, she made me literally hold her for 20 minutes. And then she was like, put me the, put me, put me down. And I was like, ma'am, you literally said I'm not allowed to put you down. What do you want from me? <clears throat> yeah, nice. just, yeah, just that. Yeah, sounds fun stuff. But what about you, Tony? Um, well, I was able to do the early access. For the content yeah, creators. Um, I would say overall it was not good. <clears throat> like, I had a great... What I, I had a great time. Um, I had a few people come in and watch. Um, but my computer just isn't up to streaming. Streaming? Yeah. And I, I kind of thought that ahead of time. But I tried to do a bunch of things to make it better. And it was mm-hmm. still too laggy. So I ended up going onto your um, Discord. And just streaming my, there. My... Uh, my Twitch Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darth Heretic, yeah. And I, I streamed there, and it was just... Hostile I, takeover of my Discord. <laughs> but still, I only had a couple of people watch. So, like, yes, I had fun. I enjoyed going through it. Uh, me and Connor made a deck together, mm-hmm. and I tr- did a couple drafts, and it, it was a good time. I just wish I had the proper hardware. You being able to have Connor do a draft with you is awesome. Uh, no, it wasn't a draft. He he um, made a oh, constructed deck. A, oh, he built a constructed deck? Yeah. yeah, and that was fun. That was really good to do. Still, that's awesome. Ha- get Connor be- having access to early access stuff through us, I just think, is awesome. That's all. Yeah. So, uh, I am going to get into it again next time, I was already told. Nice. Awesome. So, um, I'm going to get a new computer by then. That's my goal in three months. Mm. Or four months? Mm. I don't know when it is. So that, that's uh, my goal. The will probably be the Lord of the Rings Oh, set. the Lord of the Rings set, right. So, yeah. Well, that's my goal anyway. So I'm going to try to do that. And then um, I had my midnight pre-release. Yep. And did you win? No, I know who won. Luke won. Luke did win, With, yes. Yeah, without even knowing. Without you telling me I know Luke won. Uh, he went he 6-0. So good. He, no, he did not lose a single game. Um, we only had three rounds because nine people showed up only. Is the worst showing we've had in a long, long time. Hiding. And um, I'm not going to say it's all your fault. But But the worst part is with nine people and I'm the one employee, I I just dropped. I figured I'd just let them play. And it is what it is. It's fine. Um, It means we got to go home early. We were out of there by 3 a.m. I was able to go back home and go to sleep for a couple hours before I had to go do other things. But I, I did play one round with somebody, and it was just, mm-hmm. it was fun. But I would have preferred to have my 20 people, 30 people, like we usually do. Yeah. I don't think those 20 people are happening. Not at those midnights anymore. Yeah. It's I, been a while since we've had 20. Yeah, I guess it has been. You know, maybe, maybe a dozen, maybe 14, but it's been a while since we've had 20 at those. Yeah, yeah, I guess. John doesn't go, Kira doesn't go, Lesser Nate doesn't come anymore. Yep, yep, that's true. I just true. wanted to call him Lesser Nate. <laughs> Who's Lesser Nate? Uh, oh, it's there the other two Nate. Nates, that's all. There was okay. two Nates. Yeah. And I won a, I won a uh, pre-release, and until he beats, 
he wins a pre-release with me there. I'm better Nate, and he's lesser Nate. That's all. Valid. Honestly, I, I think the other Nate is better. <laughs> wow. Dude, he is so good at magic. <laughs> oh, oh, at magic. At magic, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At Honestly, magic, like, argue. now you would beat him, because he, he doesn't yeah. play anymore. God yeah. damn. But, yeah. No, he, he was good at magic. He probably was better at me than magic, but I also am told I underestimate my, how good I am at magic, so. Then I hit a bowling tournament on Sunday, and I bowled really good. It was a doubles tournament, and um, yeah. my partner had one bad game, and that cost us the entire tournament. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, his average is 110, which is a very good average, and he had an 88 game. Ooh. And then we ended up missing the cut by 12 pins, so if he had just hit his average, yeah, we would have been way above the cut line. Mm-hmm. We got, like, you know, 14th place out of 48, which is still good, but no prizes. Yeah, don't worry, I know how it feels to be your partner. You throw me under the bus, too, so. Exactly. It's his fault you lost. And I know he's not going to listen to this, so I can say whatever I want. Exactly. (laughs) That's what he says about the podcast when I'm not around, too. Oh, it's all my co-host's fault. He's not around to hear me say it, so. (laughs) I talked about you somewhere. I don't remember where it was, though, now. (laughs) See, he's even remembering right now. Yeah, I just did that. And also, at the midnight pre-release, I came in and I just was like, oh man, I got like a little bit of a cough, a little bit of something. And then the bowling tournament, I was like, I'll just take some, you know, uh, cough drops. By Monday, I could not move. I was so sick. Just like a cold, but it's the first real cold I've had since COVID. Mm -hmm. And like... It really took a number on me. Like, it was bad. I understand that one hit me like that. I understand. So, I'm still recovering, but it'll be fine. If you hear me cough today, I'm apologizing now. I will do my best to edit it out. Excellent. Okay, Triple D. Seems like a movie. Okay. Seems like a movie? Oh, two cribs dropped. Okay, never mind. I'm not doing any Kid Rock songs. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep, yep, yep. When I hear Triple D, that's what I think of. I mean, I think of other things, too, but that's... I this. think of Diners, Drive-ins, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, yeah, always. I think of Sean Giles' Friday Night Magic watching Drivers, Diners, and Dives as we played Magic on his kitchen table. Wow. Every Friday night, yep. Nope, I saw nope, the nope. Sean Giles look like actually, the other day on my road. Did you? Yeah, That's he, hilarious. he was riding his bike. All right, Triple D. This is your segment, so why don't you catch us up with what led to Mom, and then tell us what happened in Mar- Mom. Yeah. All right, so... What's going on? Because we have no idea. March What's of the Machine. What's up with your mom, Douglas? It's a yeah. great question. Out of the picture. We'll start with actual March of the Machine, though. Um, <laughs> all right, so Ella Snorin, she decides she, that she wants control of the entire multiverse. New Phyrexia isn't enough for her. Which, honestly, valid. Why not? Slay Queen, you know what I mean? Um... <laughs> She, she decides that instead of uh, the Phyrexian hive mind being like everyone can have a little bit of control over it, she wants the entirety of the control all by herself. And like, you know what? We like a dictator up in here. Why not? That's always fun. Um, so she tweaks the glistening oil that all the Phyrexians have so that literally only responds to her commands. So all of the new Phyrexians that are going to get born are literally just hers for her to control. No one else. That's messed cool. up. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Furry. Um, so, leading up to Mom, she sends uh, Vorinclex, uh to Kaldheim. 
And she's doing that through uh, Tezzeret's Planar Bridge. And so what happens with that is when they use the Planar Bridge, all of their uh, fleshy parts, you could say, get disintegrated in the process. So he gets there and he's just a pile of metal. And he has to wait for an actual life form to come investigate so that he can steal it and use it for parts so that he can keep going. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's it's wild, but I think it's really cool, actually. Um, uh, oh, quick question about that. Yeah. Um, where's Tezzeret? That's just, a like... fantastic question. In this part? Or do you mean in general right now in the story? Well, like, how did he get there and then sell off? I assume he sold it off, but maybe they just took it from him? The Planar like, Bridge? He was working yeah. with them. Okay. Was he working with Bolas before, too? Yeah, he was trying to get a different type of body because he has the uh, Aether body and he didn't like that because it was killing him, which is a good reason not to like your body. It's killing you. Um, and he wanted... Tezzeret might be a planeswalker, but he has lowly grunt energy. I'm lowly grunt for Nicobolus. I'm mm. lowly grunt for Phyrexians. He's got lowly grunt energy. Listen, he's a beta male. It's okay. He's a mastermind <laughs> in the background. All right, man. You gotta, you gotta let him. Sure. You gotta let him cook. He's not a Palpatine at all. Maybe not. Um, but yeah. So he joins. Somehow Tezzeret returns. He uh, joins up with the Phyrexians so that they can get him a dark steel body, so that way he can actually uh, go kill some people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so while Caltheim is over on, not Caltheim, Vorinclex is over on Caltheim, he has to go steal some sap from the World Tree so they can grab their own. Um, so what he does is mauling Asika near to death and stealing a sample of the Tyrite to bring back with him. And while he's doing that, he actually infects uh, Tybalt with Phoresis. And then he says to Tybalt, the only way I'm going to give you the cure is if you go cause some mayhem and He's like, mayhem? Heck yeah, that's what I do. I'm already in. You didn't even need to do this. <laughs> and so he just he just starts some causing some mayhem, gets infected with phoresis, and then he's just off on his own, doing his own thing. Um, and then from there, we're going to go all the way over to Kamigawa. Yeah, Elish Norin tells, uh, what's his name, Jinja Taxis there, that he has to figure out how to start completing Planeswalkers because they need more people on their side. Not just people, but good, you know what I mean? Good fighters. Um, so while he's there, he's using the Kami as test subjects because there's two different realms on Kamigawa. There's the Kami realm and the normal realm. Right. Yes. I got a question. Um, how did Jingataxis get to Kamigawa? The Planar Bridge. They're still using Tezzeret. So did he lose his body? In he didn't really there? have a lot of as body to lose. He's mostly yeah. metal. He's only got, like, okay. very, very limited amounts of actual physical body parts. Gotcha. He's he's one of the few that actually don't have much. Him and uh, Erebrask don't really have much. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why Jin is so skinny all the time. Correct, actually. It's, it's just all metal. It's literally just that's, metal. That's skinny? I, I don't think I've ever looked at Jin Gataxis and thought skinny. He, really? he doesn't really that's have anything all, on him, yeah. He's like a okay. snake, kind of, I'll be honest, in that in that regard. Sure. Yeah, so he uh, starts by completing commies, and he's able to do it successfully, but then he gets uh, stopped by Kaito and the Wandering Emperor, and the Wandering Emperor ends up cutting him in half. And then uh, Tezzeret's like, nah, we gotta, we gotta move this man real quick, is able to save him, and then they kidnap Tamio together, which was really sad. 
We lost Tamio there. And uh, he's able to use the completion of the Kamis to take Tamio back and complete her as well. Which is uh, honestly pretty mm -hmm. cool that they they figured out a way to do it in the story and make it make sense. Mm -hmm. So when, when a Planeswalker gets completed, they're not dead, right? They're not dead. Um, you can kill a Planeswalker and then complete them, and then they're dead, but they're still completed. I don't understand how they wrote that, I'll be honest with you, because they do it to a couple of them. Yeah, because that's always what it seemed like, you know, uh, they kill Planeswalkers, but then they they complete them afterward? Yeah, because... So just cause... basically using their husk? Yeah, because they know. can't get the spark. The spark is what's stopping <laughs> them from being completed. Okay. Yeah. Um... And then uh, uh, he takes it back to Nufraxi with him. And then next, Shieldred gets sent to invade Dominaria, but she actually is hurt a lot during the uh, Planner Bridge travel and ends up losing most of her body. And she ends up being found by uh, the cultists of Mishra, who end up building her a brand new body and helping her kidnap uh, Ajani, which is where she ends oh. up making him into a sleeper agent, which was f f so sad. It was our boy, our little Leonin boy. <laughs> and now he's gone to the Phyrexians, um, which was, uh, I mean, I guess I understood why. And then um, we find out during that story that Karn is trying to find the uh, Golgothian Silex. And um, he managed to find uh, the place where it's supposed to be and is digging for it, but gets end ends up getting buried by so much rubble that he's just stuck for a couple of weeks down there by himself and then gets found by Ajani who's already been completed and uh, he's like oh yeah I'll just undig you and then we can go real quick not telling him that he's that he's crazy um, and so they get out of there and then uh, then they take Karn uh, they actually they take him and then they deconstruct him on New Phyrexia so that he can't actually fight them which is really messed up because he's literally just a head. His oh, entire wow. okay. yeah, his 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 body is like splayed out in pieces on a, a an altar, I guess you could call it, because he's the father of machines, so he's got to he's got to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, during that actually, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in the background too. Like uh, that's when Teferi decides he's gonna jump back in time with uh. Kaya and Sahili Rai and they all get sent to random places in the wrong place twice and then they finally make it to Urza like they were supposed to. It's the TARDIS? It was the TARDIS. It, it was literally it the TARDIS exactly they were in. where you need to be. Yeah. And uh, so, what's his name? Urza ends up telling Teferi how to use the uh, Silex and it was actually really, really easy and it turns out that using the Silex... Yeah, there's a little the switch? Pr pretty much, yeah. You <laughs> just on, you just add some magic to it and it turns on itself. Duh! Yeah. All I have to do is add a little bit of magic card, morons. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty <laughs> interesting. Reading the card explains the card. <laughs> because, um... Unless it's a battle for, planeswalker. For this conversation, uh, Teferi slows down time in between Urza's activation of the Silex so that he can talk to him outside of time. Which was really cool. Um, and then uh, Teferi gets lost. That's that's how we yeah we don't find out what happens to Teferi until way later. So he's just lost. Oh okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So now that's we're gonna. Fair. I we're don't gonna, think I knew that at all. Yeah. So uh, he was being protected by Ren 
and two other Planeswalkers, but I can't remember who. I think it was Vivian and maybe Sahelia Rai who just came back. I think those two. And then his body just wasn't where it was supposed to be. So they were just like, oh no, what do we do now? And so they just have to continue on. Um, I think Ren is the only one that actually stays at the uh, Temporal Anchor to see if he's actually going to come back. And then he doesn't, so she's, she decides she has to just move on with the rest of the Planeswalkers to uh, see what's going on. And then from there, we get to Mom. Uh, so right at the beginning of March of the Machines, Shoulder and Orbrass team up with a couple of the other Steel Thanes and decide they're going to have a coup against Elish Norn. And they lose so hard. Because they're fighting, they're not just fighting Elish Norn, they're fighting Vorinclex and they're fighting Jinja Taxis' forces at the same time. And then you have, at the same time, the Mirans have decided that they're having a rebellion too and they're going to fight, but they didn't join up with Shieldred and, uh, and Ourobrask, which would have given them a much better chance, I'll be honest. And so what happens is uh, Shieldred ends up getting captured and Ourobrask does not, so he gets to get away safely. And then so we start out the opening of Mom by Ajani having Shieldred and Elishnorn going, killer. Just cuts her head right off, and then he, and Elish Norn goes, "Go use her body for spare parts. We can use her for the betterment of Phyrexia." Wow! Oh my guy. Ooh. Yeah. Straight up messed up. I'll be honest with you, but it was it was great. Um. Wow. All right. So now I'm gonna go through what happens to the other freighters during this, and then I'll talk about what happens with all the heroes and how they save everything. Um. So Urbras. His rebellion fails, but he isn't out of the fight, and he keeps fighting with his troops, and then he finds the Mirans, and he starts fighting with them, because at that point, he doesn't really have much option. It's either fight with them or die. And so what he does is he uh, he teams up with Koth, and from there, him and Koth are kind of sort of just chilling back at a secret base. And then Chandra and Ren show up, and he shows them like a secret little uh, area on where to get to the Realm Breaker. Um, does anyone know what the Realm Breaker is? Big realm tree? Bre- it's the new Phyrexian <laughs> tree, yeah. They call it That's the Realm Breaker because it's gonna it's gonna break the realms. This Makes is sense. the one that they grew from the Caldheim tree, right? Yes. That is the one they grew oh, from the Caldheim tree. Um so in the story it literally says that she's not supposed to be able to grow the tree because Life doesn't grow on New Phyrexia, but she was able to fun- somehow find a way to get it to grow. And they don't say more than that, which really upset me because I wanted some information, you know? <laughs> somehow. Yeah, they the were just like, grew. yeah, they were like, force the tree to grow. And they were like, the tree has grown. Thank you. Goodbye. And that was it. Not magic. <laughs> pretty pretty much writing. just magic. Gotta, yeah. gotta love it. Um, and then uh, he ends up getting, he sends, uh, what's her name? Chandra and Ren off with Koth, and Koth, he's a lithomancer, which means he can control, like, elements and earth, and since he can control the earth, he also controls magma, since he's fire-aligned. Um, and so what he does is he literally yeets Ch- Chandra and Ren over to the Realm Breaker. Doesn't get them fully there, but he gets them to a bridge that's near the Realm Breaker, which we'll talk about later. We're talking about Urbrask right now. He ends up getting he ends up getting captured with the rest of the Mirans and uh, Chandra, Ren, and Koth. And he ends up getting cut into four pieces after being tortured by Elish Norn. 
Whoa, okay. Yeah, we have no confirmation that he's dead, though. Because... Just cut in four. Yep. Because Doesn't he's, that usually he's mean you're dead? No, you'd think so, but they cut his limbs off. They didn't cut his head off. So he could still be alive. His, uh, what's her name? Elish Norton literally says, let the traitor be. We don't have to kill him right now. We gotta go. Ah. <laughs> uh, like, my guy, you had such an opportunity to take out your one of your biggest opponents, and you were just like, nah, he's good, chief. What? It didn't it's really mean... James Bond thing. Yeah. If yeah. Yasta Powers, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them keep them in a place and assume they die. What? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I have a gun in my room. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like, nah! From there, we have Vornklex, who does nothing. He has done nothing since Cal time. Um, he's, uh, during uh, All Will Be One, L- Man is literally just playing around in a maze with Glissa, and that's it. That's all he's doing, that entire storyline. <laughs> that's it. And then he shows up in Mom, and he's like, hey, yo, we're fighting. We're fighting right now. And he's like... Who's, who's he fighting right now? That's a great question, isn't it? No one at the beginning, he's just there. He's like, I want to fight, and they're like, No, dude, we're not, we're not fighting right now. And then, uh, Elish Norn doesn't like uh, how him and Jin, him and Jinja Taxes are talking to her, so she rips off one of Vorinclex's horns and throws it at a, uh, yeah, 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 just rips off wow. one of his horns for funsies and just yeets it at uh, Elspeth. Hmm. It does nothing because it's just a, just a horn. It's just boop, and it just bounces off her. <laughs> Like, my guy, what was the point? Uh, and then uh, Vorinclex ends up fighting in uh, the big battle where they're trying to get Ren to the Realm Breaker, which I'll talk about later as well. Um, and so what happens is he gets close to Teferi, and Teferi's like, hey, yo, dude, I got this time magic. You can't do nothing. And he's just stuck in time for a moment, and then he's able to break free because Teferi can't keep that up forever. Uh-huh. And uh, Tefe- uh, Teferi is now on the ground, prone, Vorinclex, arm raised up, just about to hit him, and then out of nowhere, a Zalfiri knight cuts his head off. Oh. And then Wait. Vorinclex is no more. That's it? That's it. That's all we got for him. That's all we got. It didn't make sense. I was like, I wanted so much. And they were just like, nah, just cut his head off. He's good. Just some random dude was just like, yeah, I got this. Um, Her name was Shella. I don't know if she's important, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard of her until this. So she's like, boop. And then he's like, mm, I'm dead. And then, <laughs> and then it just goes on. And I was like, what the, do you mean you just go on? The apex predator is just yes! down by Yes, thank a you. What I wanted to happen was for Garrick to somehow show up and be like, you're not the apex predator. I am, boy. And then just have like an actual battle with him but nah nah we couldn't have that for kind of fun stuff um from yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy it's it's mom upside down correct wow correct um from there (laughs) i'm just so lost right now i don't understand yeah it's the story kind of bounces around a lot between different perspectives so i'm trying to give it to you in the perspectives as they happen Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then we have Ginger Taxis. He's actually 
leading the invasion of many of the planes from the background because he has all the information because he's blue aligned so he has to have all the information so he's been like secretly spying on all these planes so he knows exactly where to hit them and where and where to start the invasions on each plane which i mean makes sense um so he's uh he doesn't show up into the story besides in the beginning when they murder Shieldred all the way up until Koth, Ren, Chandra, Karn are captured. And he's about to strike down Koth so that they can be completed with the other planeswalkers. And that's when, uh, oh god, what's her name? Elspeth has decided to reappear and stop him. Um, so Elspeth, we're gonna we're gonna jump all the way back to the end of All Will Be One. She grabbed the Silex, the brand new Silex that got made, um, and decided that she could not let the Silex go off because it would destroy a bunch of the planes. They would just no longer exist. So what she does is she planeswalks with the Silex beyond the Blind Eternities. I didn't know that you could. I didn't either until this story came out. It didn't make sense. Beyond the blind, I was told That's... that the blind eternities are basically just doorways. Like, yeah, not really like a hallway, really. Space, yeah. Yeah, and so somehow she managed to just plane walk beyond the blind eternities. I don't know. It doesn't really explain that part. I'll be honest with you. Um, she's in the real world. Yeah, yeah, she made it to the real world. We'll go with that. She's she's hanging out with Mark Rosewater. Uh, yeah. Um, so he calls Norn out for trying to complete, for not trying to complete Elspeth. She's just going on a rampage right now, trying to talk Elspeth into joining her willingly instead of just trying to complete complete her or even fight her. Really, she. And then they all they have a, like a whole discussion about how Elish Norn is too full of herself and how she doesn't think about Phyrexia anymore. She doesn't think about unity. Yeah. And uh, Elspeth goes, I can understand why you'd want to be united, because that's kind of great. You know what I mean? And then Elishnorn's like, so just join us. And Elspeth's like, no, 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 you're an idiot. I'm, we're fighting, dude. Uh, so she stabs her and then just flies away for a little while. Um, back to back to Ginger Taxis. Uh, so he's calling out Norn for not doing, not completing Elspeth, and he gets his arm ripped off. She literally just like, dude, shut up, give me your arm, and just throws it at Elspeth. She likes just throwing <laughs> parts. Elspeth had, like, yeah. a horn and an arm, and Elspeth's like, like dude, why are what you, you throwing bits of Phyrexia? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's crazy, dude, for no reason. Uh, so he ends up... She better put all of these Phyrexians together and go, look, I've got myself a face. I wanted that so bad. I wanted that so bad, but no. Um, so he ends up... Power Rangers. Yeah, I wanted a Power Ranger team up with the Frexians. That would have been dope. They just they just uh, morph into a, a Megamorphin Frexian <laughs> instead of a Power Ranger. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he, he retreats. He equips himself on a war machine. He, he has made himself a war machine. And then behind the war machine is a vat of newts that he's created, which he believes to be the future of Frexia. A vat of what? Newts? N-E-W-T-S? Like, like little lizards. Okay. Little lizards, yeah. but Frexian okay. lizards yeah. that he grew himself. Just just, just making sure we're on the same page here. That's that's all he does is grow newts. I, I didn't newt that. <laughs> nice. Um, he decides that Elish Norn is no longer trying to actually help Frexia, so he decides he's going to betray her. 
And he betrays her very well, I'll be honest. He cuts her in half. Cuts her legs right off her body. Starts ripping armor pieces off of her. But during this, uh, the Zalfirans are like, Hey, yo, dude, you just left yourself open for attack and destroy his war machine. So his war machine is destroyed and he falls off of his war machine into the vat of newts. Who start eating him? Nice. Yeah, and so that's the end of Ginger Taxis. He just gets eaten by his own newts that he created because they were hungry. They were just hungry little boys. Um, and then, wow. yeah, it's, if you would have asked me how Jinka Taxian died in a, a vat of his own newts, yep, wouldn't have said that. Never would have guessed it unless if I read that All story. All of these traitors seem to be dying so easily. Is I it, mean, like I thought they would be difficult to kill. I thought so too, but I mean, they're the greatest of the Phyrexians. And not accidentally, I fell into a vat of newts. Yeah, and not hey, some random knight just cut my head off. Yeah. Hey, you know, some big battle scene where they have to get four planeswalkers together using. No, it their is magic a massive combined. battle scene. There's a there's a bunch of planeswalkers there. They're just not fighting the Praetors for some reason. Yeah, and the Praetors are just like, "Oops, I'm dead." Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get to Ella Shinor. All right, she is having a wild time. She's having the greatest time of her life. I'll be honest with you. During this, she's uh, so she executes uh, Shieldred at the beginning, and then she's she looks over at. Nahiri, Luca, and Tamio, who she's all completed already, and sends them to their home planes to go conquer their own home planes. That's baller, I'll be honest with you. She looks at them and she's like, hey, yo, you know your planes? Go take them over. They'll see you. They'll get a little discouraged. Go have fun. Um, and then she decides Ajani's not going to go to his home plane. He's going to Theros because she's worried that uh, Elspeth might come back from the Theros underground, because she's already done it, underworld even. Um, so she sends him there to do that and to subvert the gods there, which, honestly, not a bad move. Mm-hmm. Um, she then sends Atraxa to New Capenna, because uh, we find out uh, that Atraxa actually was an angel from Mirrodin before she was a uh, Phyrexian. And we find out about Atraxa that... Um, she was completed by four of the five planeswalkers, all of them except Urabrask, which is why she's four of the five colors. Four hmm. of the five praetors. Yeah. Interesting. It actually made a lot of sense when they, when they said it like that. Interesting. Um, Urabrask had refused because he doesn't believe in uh, completing anyone without them saying that they should be completed. So he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I don't want any part of this. Um... Uh, she sends her to Nukapana to destroy the Halo Wellspring, and then we find out that there was an old Phyrexian ship on Old Capenna, and so she has to find that, scavenge it, and take apart all of the old Phyrexians because they failed in their mission and they're not good enough for Elish Norn anymore. So there were Phyrexians already on Capenna? They were already murdered, so just body parts of them? Because oh. the ship had on been found. Old Capenna, right? Old Capenna, yeah. So the ship had been found, and they were holding it in a museum with all of the excess parts of the Phyrexians, just because it was cool. Hmm. But did hmm. they know they were Phyrexians? No! They just thought it was cool! That's so messed up. They were just like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. Well, don't worry about it. Um, after that, she ends up capturing the Planeswalkers, Chandra, Ren, Koth, and Karn. Um, she uses Nyssa, uh, Nyssa and uh, what's her name? Vorinclex's friend there, Glissa, Glissa, in order to capture them. 
and is successful in capturing them. And she orders them to be completed. And then that is when Elspeth Tyrell, Archangel, shows up. She literally just appears in a flash of light 30 seconds after Urobrask dies. She watches Urobrask, not die, but get cut up into four pieces. So she watches Urobrask get up, cut up into four pieces, decides that's not the time to interact with this scene at all. <laughs> uh, she's going to wait. Um, and then they're like, all right, we've had she's enough. She's holding it. Gotta wait for the right moment. Gotta that's, wait for the right moment. That's literally it. That's oh, what she... No, this isn't it. Yeah, and then uh, uh, what happens is Karn is about to finally be destroyed by Elish Norn, and Elspeth is like, no, nah, I like Karn. He's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt now. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, the other Planeswalkers all run away to the Realm Breaker to try to do anything about that. And then uh, Elspeth and uh, Norn, they duel... And then Elspeth wounds her. She she takes a lot of... They both take a lot of damage in the fight, actually. What happens is... Uh, what's her name? Elish Norn is using all of the Phyrexians in the area kind of telekinetically. And is using, like, a telekinetic storm to hold, like, a, a barrier so Elspeth can't get out. And she keeps, like, upgrading herself with the Phyrexians in the barrier. So she keeps getting taller and stronger and more fight-worthy. And then Elspeth's like... Hey, yo, dude, I've had enough of this, and just stabs her in the chest. And I'm like, heck yeah, dude, that's amazing. And then she dips to go follow the other uh, the other planeswalkers there. Um, so Elish Norn then decides that she's leading the rest of the Phyrexians not to complete any of the Mirans or anything like that, but to destroy them. Because she's decided that she doesn't want them anymore, she just wants to kill them. And it makes sense. They're kind of extremists. Um, so she ends up doing that, and then Jinja Taxis shows up, ends up betraying her, cutting her body in half, destroying a bunch of her armor, and she's just crawling at this point, trying to get to the, the Mirans and the Zalfirans and the other Planeswalkers to try to do anything. And that's when Karn steps up. Uh, so Teferi is holding a portal open with his time magic, He's holding it open so that Karn has enough time to re-sculpt himself a body using his machine magic from Phyrexian metal. You know how well that turned out last time. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, so he, he holds the portal for him. He, he's deciding, he's, I'm breaking my vow of pacifism. I'm going to kill Elish Norn. He walks up to Elish Norn, tears her head off her body, and just uses his uh, his machine magic to erase her from existence, leaving her as a red smear on the ground. Whew, nice, amazing! I loved it. That that writing was perfect. That's the, that's the perfect the way for and obliterated her. Correct. <laughs> that was the, that was the perfect way for her to die. I'll be honest. Was just Karn being like, "I created you. No more. You're you're not here anymore." Thank you, Doug, for coming. And next week we will have you back, and we will have part two. Of what did we call it? Um, Triple D. Triple deep D. Dive with Doug. Yeah, because part that, two of Deep Dive with Doug, so that way we can uh, spread it out. We've got a full podcast. Yeah, learning all about the Praetors was really great, but I would like to know exactly what's going on with all of the uh, Planeswalkers and how they're faring and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay, yeah, that'll be good. Let's do that next week. Sound good to you? Sounds good. Excellent. Okay, well, let's move on to. 
our minnow segment. Minnow. 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 Magic news of the week. Do we have a lot of magic news of the week? Um, there was really just, um, there were two things that I thought were kind of fun to talk about. Okay. And, um, uh, two, well, two of them came from the same thing, but, uh, the arena release notes came out for March of the Machines. Oh yeah, we got March of the Machines this week. Yes. How could you forget about that? (laughs) And, um, there were two segments in there that were kind of, I thought, important to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first one's... I'm just going to read exactly the quote. Um, a final note on the multiverse legend styles. This is just the like style of the card. Mm-hmm. Crafting a multiverse legends card does not grant the associated style. So say you want a new Luris. You can't just craft that one. You actually have to open it from a pack. But if you open it from a pack, you get it? Correct, yes. Okay, because there was definitely I definitely opened up packs with those styles. Right, but if you wanted, say you just wanted to craft a Luris, you can't craft that one. I like that Yeah, so much better than the way they've been doing card styles. Yeah, yeah, me too. And also with the card styles, they made it so that if you have a favorite card style, you can now just make that always show up. Awesome, that's so, cool. Like Gem Razor for me. I always like one specific one, the really cartoony looking one. Mm-hmm. And even when I press apply styles, it just gives me the extended art. I'm like, yeah. that's not what I want. I want this specific one. Now you can do that too. Or if you really like the Godzilla version, you can choose the Godzilla version. Yeah. Or if you like the Ixalan opt more than the whatever yeah, yeah. opt. That's I like that they did that. That's cool. Yeah. And then the most interesting part of the... Uh, Arena release notes. Okay. This one says, Due to the Aftermath content coming about a month after March of the Machine, there will be no alchemy set for March of the Machine. Instead, alchemy efforts and excitement will continue to be focused on the Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, which will be legal in alchemy and historic. Alright, I guess where they're putting out another set a month after where normally that alchemy set does come in, that makes sense. Yeah, and the um, the aftermath is only going to be like thirty cards, mm-hmm. which is almost yeah. exactly what alchemy usually is. And flip off alchemy, in my opinion. Yeah, I know you're not a big fan of alchemy. I, I enjoy it, but um, I'm wondering though if this is kind of saying that this is the end of alchemy. Oh, let's hope. Let's hope. In that, at the you know thing, but it's still going to affect historic. It will mm-hmm. forever. So. Um, but just kind of where they're not making new cards, and then they're just going to focus on the next one. And then the Lord of the Rings set is supposed to be true to cards. Yeah. So they're not going to yeah. change it like the D&D set where they changed a few things. Correct. So, we'll see how that goes. It should be fun. I but that. Um, they didn't add this. This isn't in the release notes. And just something I had discovered while playing with some of these brand new um, battle cards. Have you played with any battle cards oh, in yeah. Arena yet? Oh, so many times. I hate them in Arena. Why is that? Um, You don't know you have a battle in your hand. They, they like, they warp how the battles look. The cards keep changing, you know? Does that make sense? 
when it's in your hand, mm-hmm. it is a. It looks like an actual magic card. Okay, you know what I mean. Sure. It doesn't look sideways, sideways like the invasions do, and it just it throws me off. And then it comes into play and immediately goes into play on my opponent's side. Yep, as if they controlled it, and I and if I didn't know better, I could see that confusing people. Well, they're protecting it. It should definitely be on your opponent's side of the board. Even if it's yours? Because you control it. Yeah, because... You know I mean, what I mean? Visually, when... Uh, did you play with any at the pre-release? Yeah. Did you leave it on your side of the board? I kind of put it in the in-between area. It was forward in between both of us. But it certainly wasn't like an enchant creature. It wasn't like a pathicism on my opponent's creature. Where it was clearly, like, on their thing. Oh, see, I definitely put mine on the opponent's side of the board. That way I knew I could attack it. Hmm. Yeah, I just kind of put it off to the side. Like, off to the left of my playing field. Towards them, but on my battlefield. But again, that's paper. But I can just see that being confusing for some players. And I hated how it kept on switching between the lengthwise and then it kept switching back and forth depending on where the card was it was just confusing to me and i can see it being confusing to other people yeah especially if like say in paper shush to the cat can you hear that cat yes I can he is being cat. like ridiculously loud so right now. loud and i'm not gonna edit the cat out too no you can't edit the cat no that's no that, that's perfect but anyway um So, like, oftentimes, when there's, like, a planeswalker, we'll say, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to attack this, you'll bring your Mm -hmm. creature over kind of in front of it. No. Just to help, you know, with attackers and blockers, especially if there's a large board. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the battles, the way I see it. You know, you're going to bring your creature over, say I'm attacking this, Mm -hmm. and then your opponent, especially if there's a huge board. You know, there's six creatures on each side. And then they bring theirs over to kind of block it. It's got to be on their side of the board in order to. Yeah. It's a block. I don't know. That's just the way I see it. And I I haven't noticed the flip-floppy thing. Yeah. When it's in your hand, it just completely orients wrong. Okay. It orients like an actual magic card. And my thought was, why don't you just print it that way then? Just just print it that way then. If that's what you want to do, just do it. That's what we're going to do with this. Just do it that way. Instead of printing them sideways and having my opponent draw his card and do this. <laughs> you have a battle in your hand. Ha ha, I knew it. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, and then there's another article um, that talks about the the Planeswalker's Guide to March of the Machines. And this uh, basically okay. just goes over um, all of what the... Um, all the invasions, basically, is what I saw it doing. What's going on on each plane when the invasion happens. Yep. And I I read this before uh, Doug? Um, Doug was talking, and it it definitely gave me a lot of stuff. Like So I knew what he was talking about, which was nice. It gave you a lot of reference? Yep, yep, yep. And I liked it. I, I thought this really summarized each invasion pretty well. Nice. So it was a good read. You should check it out. I shall. Excellent. And then I guess all we have left is uh, deck lists of the week. Deck lists. And uh, have, have you played a lot of the new set? Yep. 
that can, that that cannot be the odds for that deck. That was too much fun for that to be those odds. Yes, I've played a little bit with the new set. Played a little bit with the new set, and I found a new fun historic deck too. Ooh, that I was nice fun with. So I want to start with the historic deck because mainly because I'm sure there's new cards to add to it or whatever. So uh, this is historic dredge. Okay, interesting. Now dredge is not a mechanic in arena. But it works like the modern dredge deck always worked. So, this runs for Merfolk Seeker Keeper, which allows you to mill four cards, and that's what this whole deck is about. It runs four Otherworldly Gaze, which the new text on it just says Surveil 3, which essentially just says Mill 3. Yep. And that's what you want to be doing. For Stitcher Supplier, which also mills you three cards. For Narcomoeba, when Narcomoeba goes into your graveyard from your library, it comes right onto the battlefield. You like this. This is great. For Glimpse the Unthinkable, target player mills 10 cards. You're shooting that at your face. Hmm. You're putting a whole bunch of stuff into your graveyard like Narcomoebas and you're getting them back into play. Um, for Gixian Recycler, familiar with this card at all? Uh, this is an alchemy card, right? This is an alchemy card, yeah. Yeah, one in a black. Uh, oh, two, two in a black? Generic. Two oh, generic okay. for a 3 1. When it dies or is put into your graveyard from your hand or library, conjure a card named Gixian Recycler to your graveyard, unearth from one in a black. One, okay, the unearth, yeah. The unearth is one in a black. Um, I love this card. Um, It ends up in your graveyard. The unearth for one in a black means it's a 3-1 with haste. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially draw... Anytime this goes to your graveyard, it's draw two of these cards. Two little three ones with haste. Um, the, there's only two of them in the deck. They end up making four because they, that's how that works. And uh, they double themselves. It's great. They have haste. It's great. It also it comes out of your graveyard, which you need. Uh, two Scrap Heap Scrounger, which essentially is Gixian Recycler, but without the haste and can keep coming back. Where Gixian Recycler will be exiled Four Silver Moat Ghoul. Are you familiar with this card? This is if you gain three life, comes back from the graveyard? It comes back from your graveyard at your end step. And how are you gaining three life? Four Creeping Chill. When it's put into your graveyard, exile it. It deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. Mm-hmm. Goes to your graveyard, Lightning Helix. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. So you're hitting that. That's going to get your Silver Moat Ghoul back into play. Four Prized Amalgam, which says if a creature comes into play... From your graveyard, it will come into play at the next end step, which means the Scrap Heap Scrounger is going to trigger it, the Gixian Recycler is going to tr- trigger it, the Silver Moat Ghoul is going to trigger it. You don't get it that same turn, you get it the next end step, but it still triggers it. Um, this also runs two Jace the Perfected Mind, which reads uh, in this deck three mana mill nine cards. Yeah. Four mana mill 15 cards. Seems, Either or. Seems pretty good. And then runs to Wonder, which reads, if it's in your graveyard and you control an island, creatures you control <clears> have <throat> flying. This deck is so much fun. I've played two different versions of this deck. One of the versions of this deck was running um, Mesmeric Orb and Demonic Embrace. Oh, okay. Instead of the two Wonders, and I'm like, I think I like the Wonders better. But I'm still kind of 
like working with it. There's a bunch of different builds out there, so I'm trying to figure out which some of them don't run Merfolk Secret Keeper, which shocked me. I'm like, that seems like one of the better cards. But the Otherworldly Gaze is great because it's got flashback and you can cast it out of your graveyard. Yeah. And it's it is so much fun on your turn one playing a Stitcher Supplier, milling three cards, hitting a Narcomoeba and a Prized Amalgam, passing, and then you, you paid one mana and you've got three creatures in play already. And that's not Magical Christmas Land. That happens. Yep. Yep, that, that is a normal thing that happens. I've played that deck, uh, at least a similar one, uh, before. Mm-hmm. And I just never... It's not my style of deck. Yeah. Um, it's very much the John True style of deck. And uh, he loves it. That makes sense. And I saw this, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've got, I've got to play this mainly for John, but I enjoy the style deck as well. Um, it, it's allowing me to cast burn spells out of my graveyard for free. Of course, I love this deck. Yeah, yeah, of course. And what about you? You have a deck for this week? I do, I do. Um, so I wanted to try a uh, new standard and cards that I really liked from the new set. I wanted to play with those. And one of them was Botanical Brawler. This is the white and a green. Okay. What's that? Okay. Was, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a for the zero zero Trampler. Uh, when it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters, whenever a plus one plus one counters are put on another permanent you control, if it's the first time plus one plus one counters have been put on that permanent this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on this one. So yeah. it gets a little big. Yeah, it seems like it's probably going to get very big. The cat just <clears throat> wants to be part of the podcast, Tony. Yeah, I know. It's worse than the dog right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, it starts with three hopeful initiates. This is the training. You can remove counters to destroy artifacts or enchantments. Two Allenbach Escort, which mm-hmm. is uh, a one mana vigilance that you can sacrifice it to uh, give a creature with a plus one plus one counter on it, lifelink and indestructible. Yep. Uh, for Dusk Legion Duelist. If you're not aware of this, this is a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two Vigilance. Whenever one or more plus 1 plus 1 counters are put on it, draw a card. Nice. This ability triggers only once each turn, unfortunately. I hate that. Me too. It's got I hate four that line of text. Four of the new Ozolith. So that way you're putting two counters on it instead, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, four Queer and Beast Caller. This okay. is the one anytime a new creature comes in, it gets a plus 1 plus 1 counter. And then any time you get to move those counters, it's so good. Which is great, especially with Ozolith around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Botanical Brawler we talked about. Siege Veteran, two and a white. Uh, at the beginning of combat, puts a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting it on the Dusk Legion Duelist, it's getting a counter. And then your Botanical Brawler is also getting a counter. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, it's also got two Kodama of the West Tree. Yep. So that way all your modified creatures have trample. And Do you have any modified creatures in that deck, Tony? Oh, uh, yeah, they're all modified. <laughs> <laughs> they're all modified. And then you can also get to search for lands, which is great. So that way you can have more land to do more mm-hmm. stuff. Which is, this this deck always needs more land. I feel like every time I just want Kodama out. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm drawing more. It's got uh, three Wandering Emperor because the card's great. And you get to put counters on things, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Three Doomscar Warrior. This is two green green. Come on. It's not popping up. Why isn't it telling me what Doomscar Warrior does? Luckily, I, oh, there it is. Good. Uh, for a 4-3 with backup one. 
Okay. That way it's putting the thing on there and it says trample. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or battle, look at that many cards from the top of your library. You can reveal a creature or land from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom. Nice. Yep. So given something like your botanical brawler, oh no, he already has trample, but uh, the vigilance, the Duskledge duelist trample also yep. is mm-hmm. huge. Yep. Uh, it also has three clay champions. Mm-hmm. This the f- this is a four and an X. Uh, for a two two enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters for each green green used to cast yep. it, and you choose two other creatures for each white white, and then put a plus one plus one counter on each of them. Yep. And then it's got a bunch of lands. Sounds like fun. It was fun. Um, it only has a fifty five percent win rate. Yep. Uh, 67% on the play, 50% on the draw. I went 6 mm-hmm. and 5 with it. It was okay. It doesn't feel super, super strong. Understood. Like, when it went off, it was great. And then other times it just felt like it wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I had a great game against um, a Jeskai control deck. Okay. And they were doing everything they could to stop me at first. And then they just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. But they had, like, four blockers out. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then they kept gaining a bunch of life. And I'd attack in and get them down to, like, two. Then they'd gain a bunch and get up to, like, eight. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. And then finally, I drew a Kodama and gave everything nice. trample and was able to nice. crush through. It was great. I played against Darth Bagel, too. Yeah? Yeah. So I thought you you would appreciate that. I do. I do <laughs> appreciate Darth Bagel. We go way back, me and Darth Bagel. All you Darths do. But, I mean... I, it's a fun deck. I think everyone should try it. If you have the cards already, don't make don't mm-hmm. don't use your wild cards Understood. on this deck. Understood. Do you have another deck this week? I do. I, I played three different decks this week. Um, Whoa. Well, there's new cards. I wanted to play some of the new cards with the new set. I only played two decks with new cards, but the first one is just a mono green storm of the festival. Land of War Lone Speaker, Reckoner Bank Buster, three Tatiana Voice of Gaia. Four Topiary Stomper, four of the new Tributes to the World Tree. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card if its power is three or greater. Otherwise, put two plus one plus one counters on it. I'm enjoying that. Um, Four Invasion of Zendikar, which gets you two extra lands into battlefield tapped. Three Renin Seven, four Storm the Festival, and then a bunch of lands, including the one that allows you to uh, flip Tatiana. Um, This deck was Utter crap. <laughs> I went two and six. It was crap. It wow. did not do what it needed to do. Um, it lacks a one-drop creature for mana ramp, but runs too many three drops. Yeah. To... The play pattern goes one Llanowar Loam Speaker. Now you have now you have like five mana. You have four mana, and the only the only four mana drop you have is Invasion of Zendikar, so you're dropping a three mana thing a turn too late, and it's just, it does, the deck does not work, unfortunately. It looks like it's got the cards, it just does not have the play patterns you want it to. Um, the, where was it? This doesn't even show all of the cards in this deck. Because it also ran um, Vorinclex as well. And Vorinclex is not on my list of cards in this deck. That's weird. 
but I know it ran Vorin Clicks as well, because that's part of why I ran it. Vorin Clicks did not really work out very well in this deck for me. Yeah. It, it did not work the way I wanted it to, unfortunately. I went 2-6 and six with it, and it also wasn't fun. It also just wasn't fun to play either. Yep, no, it makes sense. Don't play this deck. Yeah, definitely don't play that. Oh, for the record, I know I, I don't it's not throwing this particular person under the bus. I did get it from Yao Man 5's deck dump. Okay. When new set comes out, it's the first place I go. I go to Twitter, I hit my search Twitter thing, and it says my most recent search is Yeoman 5. Almost always, because I very rarely use the Twitter search function. Yep, yep, so yep. so <clears throat> the next time I go to use the Twitter search function will be when he puts out his next deck dump, probably. No, Yeoman 5 is this. great, but he also just makes a bunch of different decks. Correct. They're and not tuned or anything like that. They are very much just base decks. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea I had. You know, play. Yep. And he makes, what, 50 decks, I think? Yep, he does 50 decks, yes. And, and it's definitely not a... He makes bad decks. He does make very good decks sometimes. But you've just got to know what you're looking at. Yeah, those are definitely, like, unformed decks. Those are just... Correct. Here's an idea. Ideas. Uh, Both of my decks came from MTG Goldfish's user-submitted decks. Nice. Which is never a good idea. But... (laughs) But I wanted just something fun and what people were trying. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is a riff off of an old deck that I did really well with. Which okay. was the um, the enchantment deck, the green white enchantments, yeah. Yeah. and it has some new cards. So I'm like, okay, well let's let's see how this mm-hmm. is now. It starts with the four generous visitor. It's the one that okay. gives anytime you cast an enchantment it gives a one one counter somewhere. Mm-hmm. Two invasion of Gobakan. That's the thought seize type card. Yeah. Uh, two ossification, which is a great enchantment in this deck. Yeah. Four cami of transients. Yeah. Three weaver of harmony. Four Jukai Naturalist. Yeah, that seems very familiar. <laughs> yep. Uh, two into the trench or in the trenches. This is okay. the enchantment it gives plus one plus one to all your creatures, and you can pay six to exile something. Okay. <clears throat> two invasion of Belanon. That uh, makes a two two when it enters, and then when it flips, creatures you control get plus one plus one. Yeah. Four invasion of Theros, which lets you search your library for an aura god or demigod. Okay. Um, this was terrible, by the way. <clears throat> I don't understand why there's four in the deck. It only okay. searches for um, ossification and um, Hilliod, which, again, you're right, Hilliod isn't on this list either, which is weird. Yeah, so some of these some of these are missing some stuff, because I know there's a few more cards in this other deck that aren't here either. Yeah, but it had, it had deck, uh, two Hilliods and two ossification. And that's all this searches for us. And you have four of them in the deck. I don't understand. Like, the backside is an enchantment thing. But it just mm-hmm. wasn't... I don't know. I didn't like it. Uh, one card I did love in this is Katilda, the Dawnheart Martyr. Which is power and toughness equal to the number of spirits and enchantments you control. Yeah. And then four Hallowed Hunting. To make more spirits yeah. and enchantments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I went two and two. Okay. But it felt like two and six. <laughs> does that make sense like yes. like I went two yes, and two but man I felt like I lost every game and I know I didn't I know I won half of them 
I just don't think this deck is is the deck to play. <laughs> I went two and two. I felt like I went two and six. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is. But I mean, oh, it's just... hilarious. I mean, I played against Mono Red twice, and uh, how long do these games last? They six minutes a piece. Why did it Mon- <sighs> and it just yeah yeah. One of them I won, one I lost. So, I don't know. The One one of the games I won only took a minute. That game was great. That was like, you know, I played Generous Visitor, I played Jukai Naturalist, and then I played uh, the Kamiya Transients, and they scooped. Yeah. They probably just thought, oh, this is that same deck. But no, yeah. it was, it's it's got new cards in it. Mm-hmm. Don't play this deck either. I'll find a good deck, hopefully, for next week. But Yeah, you're... We're not going to play my next deck either. Actually, I'm going to keep playing it. All right, so my next deck, I grabbed because of the name. It's Festive All Will Be One. It runs Storm the Festival, so Festive All Will Be One, and All Will Be One. Festive All Will Be One. All right, so the deck. For Invasion of Tarkir. Wow. Yep. So Invasion of Tarkir comes in and deals two damage. It's essentially a shock. It deals two damage. Plus, if you happen to have a dragon, it might do an extra thing. This deck does run a dragon. I have managed to deal three damage with this card once. Um, this runs two armored scrap gorger. You know, taps for mana. Um, whenever it ends up tapped, you have to exile a card from a graveyard. If you exile a card from a graveyard, you put an oil counter on it. For Llanowar Loam Speaker, because this is the best we can do for uh, two-mana ramp in standard mm-hmm. at the moment, are these two cards. Um, this is a red deck, so four Fable of the Marabreaker. Of course. Four Contagious Vorak. Familiar with this? Two and a green for a 3-3. Three, three. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards your library. Four cards, and uh, if you can grab a land, yep, and put it in your grab hand. a land, put it in your hand. If you don't, proliferate. Yep. Um, two it, that's Ashanti. a very strong limited card. Just so you know. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. that that's how I know that card. Um, I had never seen it before. Of course. <laughs> um, two Ashanti, the Blazing Sky. That's your Dragon Spirit that helps the uh, invasion of Tarkir. Three. Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. Four, all will be one. Makes sense. Four, Invasion of Alara. Which says, essentially, you cascade into a card and put the other card into your hand. And then, four, Storm the, four, storm the Festival. So, this seems like a, just a collection of magic cards, doesn't it? It does. It seems ridiculous. Alright, so you play All Will Be One, then you play Invasion of Alara. You start by putting seven counters on Invasion of Alara and dealing seven damage with All Will Be One. That's pretty cool. Okay, I like that. And then Invasion of Alara comes into play, and oh, did you have Elishnorn in play? It triggers twice. You cast two spells off of it, and if one of those spells just happens to be an Invasion of Tarkir, that comes into play with Five counters on it on top of the two damage it's dealing. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I went one and four. (laughs) (laughs) It took, I'm not going to lie, it took me at least a game or two to figure out what the heck I was doing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. But once the, you ramp into all will be one and then 
just try to play the um, invasions after that, I went, all right, okay, this kind of makes sense now. Invasion of Alara is kind of difficult to cast. This is an all-color deck, and it runs four Copperline Gorge, one Battlefield Forge, one Brushland, two yeah. Manowar Waste, a Sulphur Springs, a Sea Ford. It, it runs more lands than this is saying. All right, there we go. Some of the tap lands as well, the... Four Jetmere's Garden, two Rafine's Tower, two Xander's Lounge, two Proving Ground. So you're going against Mono Red, you're dead. You're not beaten like Mono Red or something like that. You want someone else who's grinding. But this is so much fun when you can just start putting ridiculous numbers of triggers just from playing the the invasions. The mm-hmm. the battles end up doing a lot of damage with all will be one. And I I enjoy I enjoyed this deck. And when I literally looked at it, I went, I only won one game with this? I felt like I went four and one. Oh, wow. Not one and four. I felt like I won more games with this last night, when clearly I didn't. That's funny. That, that's <laughs> the exact opposite of my deck. Correct. That's that's why you're like, I felt like I went two and six, like I know what you mean. I mm-hmm. feel like I won more with this deck, when clearly I didn't. Which just means I had fun, regardless of winning or losing. Uh, you can find the Filthy Net Deckers podcast on all social media. Follow us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Monster Dash, or whatever he said earlier. <clears throat> you can find me at MTG underscore Tony or Nate at Darth Heretic on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find me on TikTok, Monster I am Dash. Tony. The- <laughs> I don't remember. Mastodon. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, I'm Tony the Magic Man on TikTok if you want to follow me there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Filthy Netdeckers if you want to join the greatest people on this earth. Uh, you can do that. That's also where you got to see me do some of my content. Uh, early access, thingamajiggers, you know. Uh, I want to thank you all. Feel free to share your deck list with us. It makes our jobs that much easier. Nate, that's it. We're done. Love y'all. Bye. See ya.